Welcome to the Michigan Business Network. This is Media Business. I'm Tony Connolly, and I'm pleased to have on the other end of our line Dr. John Braccio from Regional Psychological Services. When it comes to mental health, I don't know more of an expert than Dr. Braccio. John, how are you, sir? Never better. Can't complain at all. Now, I know I got you. This weekend. I know I have you on the phone, but I know that you are smiling from ear to ear because of that Michigan State victory this past weekend. Well, you've got you know me well because we've done a lot of work over the years on the radio, Tony. Mm-hmm. So I guess that you know me, know how I think. And a lot of folks were watching this apparently uh, on the TV on Saturday. Yes, yes, and, yeah, that, that's what I hear. We were the most watched game in the so far this year of any network, any any um, college game. So I'd say that makes it. I was there, by the way. The rain and it was wonderful actually. You know, it was, it was interesting, John. We headed out to tailgate at about 8 30 and we were going down Grand River and it looked like a scene from the movie Field of Dreams on Grand River because <laughs> there were lights as far back as the eyes could see. And I'm like you have been to many, many, uh, many Michigan State games and I'm not sure I've seen as many people as we saw and saw as many uh, great tailgaters as I, as I saw this past weekend. You know, I go back to games with Biggie Munn, and I, I do not remember anything like this weekend. I mean, it just seemed that that day was just amazing. Trying to get in, being in there, going to, you know, the Fox, Fox their big boot game, going over to, you know, game day. It was it was kind of a magical, uh, magical time, and kind of the crazy weather actually made it almost more unique, you know, on a cold, misty, or rainy, you know, overcast night, you know, right. the, the Titans clash. So it was, a, it was a ton of fun. I really did enjoy it. Well, uh, Dr. Bracho, I want to talk a, a little bit about the media and media bias. And uh, one of the things that we try to tackle here is we're trying to break down the bias and, and, and try to look at things from uh, with an open mind and try to get all sides to every story. And I find it fascinating that this new school, this new generation, if you will, the last two generations, when it comes to journalism, it's not journalism anymore. It's opinion-based. It seems like a lot more of us want to consume news and information from people who agree with the way we think. And I want to get your take on that. Why would we want to do that instead of get the truth? Well, I want to give you one brief statement, not to impress you, but to let you know I do follow news. I have subscriptions to the LA Times, New York Times, Washington Post, Detroit News, Detroit Free Press, Lansing State Journal, Wall Street Journal, and the Miami Herald Spanish Edition. So I get those anytime I want to be reading them. But let's go back a minute. I think I think in terms of bias, I think everybody has bias. I don't care who you are. You know, you're just going to have, whether it can be the sporting event, it can be news, it's politics. And I think that when you, if you're going to be in broadcasting, okay, maybe in any field, but let's take broadcasting, you really have to leave that at the door, okay? I think if we go back, just when we think of time for Walter Cronkite, it really wasn't until years later I was reading about him, that he had what we would call a strong liberal bent based on current times, call it what you will, but you never really knew that a kind of board giving news and it seems now, and I'm not picking anybody in particular, I'm almost afraid to even get names, so I won't, but you, you, you clearly, you 
already know what what the spin is going to be on a set of events, determining on who you tune in on. And, and I don't think that's the way it ought to be. I think that, that if a person presents the facts, it really ought to be up to the person getting the facts to come to conclusions. And I think now, there, you mentioned it before, there's this kind of crossover between opinion and straight news. And I think that's why... In fact, I was just Googling up here before. It's kind of funny. Pretty much any study comes out showing that people across the board maybe different percentages based on political orientation, religious orientation, call it what you will, have very different, have strong negative views on the news media as it is presented. Now, that's really not good. I think you really want to have people seeing as an umpire referee. You don't want the umpire, the referee, to determine game you want them to just to be there make sure things are going okay and i think now i will present anecdotally this is always dangerous but i, I don't work, i don't talk to anybody i talk to people all the time that if the topic comes up are not really unhappy with the news they're getting whether it's on the science front whether it's the political front and i think one of the problems too when people don't trust the media I think the meaning, as much as it appears to be the case now, that really is a bad case for politicians because politicians need to have the respect and need to have the understanding, call it what you will, with flaws, whatever humans are, we all have them. But instead, people tend to become very angry. You know, I hear people, you know, they didn't like the bombastic. Trump and now they think you have the boom Biden. Now, how do, you, how do you have a conversation if somebody feels so strongly just on those two people? I'm not taking a position on either one, but you can talk to 10 people at Meyer, Kroger, wherever you want to go, and you'll find, you'll find them split in terms of what the hell they feel about things. So that's really not a healthy way to have such a bifurcation in our society. And then people only choosing news outlets that fits their particular bias and their particular outlook. Dr. Rocchio, when we come back from the break, uh, I want to talk to you uh, about something. I want to take a step back from the media because we're going to get back into bias and journalism integrity. But I want to talk about the quorum and how we seem to have lost that in many phases of not only the media, but society. And we'll do that when we come back. We're talking with Dr. Don Braccio from Regional Psychological Services here in Michigan. This is the Michigan Business Network. This is Media Business, and I'm Tony Khan. Sinair has been advancing communities and providing opportunities for people in Michigan for more than 25 years. Through lending, investments, and the creation of homes and jobs, Sinair has made a combined $7 billion impact on the communities they serve. Learn more at www.sinair.com. to the Michigan Business Network. This is Media Business. I'm Tony Conley. We're talking with Dr. John Braccio from Regional Psychological Services in Michigan. And Dr. Braccio, I want to talk a little bit about decorum. I've always felt that I was in a pretty good position to be a journalist because I'm, I'm a different kind of dude. I'm a mixed race man raised by a single parent, a single mom, uh, put myself uh, through school, 
try to coach and, and, and be a father and just try to have an open mind. I voted for Barack Obama the first time and the second time I didn't. I just am looking for the best man. So I just try to keep a, an open mind about you know many things we, we may talk about on and off the radio. I can remember a time when uh, I was at Lansing Community College just before I headed off to Michigan State. And there was a forum there, and it was about race. And it was fascinating because there was Hispanics and Caucasians and African Americans and men and women and folks from uh, the gay community. And what was interesting wasn't so much what we were talking about, but the fact that there was decorum even from all these kids. And we were listening to each other and talking about concerns, but there was as much sharing and listening going on as there was talking. And it seems like now we have just gotten away from decorum. When did that happen and why do we do that? Well, all I know is right now, Tony, you can't have good discussion on politics. There is no decorum. I, I, it sounds like a horrible thing to say, but I do not see people that will, will deal with facts, okay? You can deal with poverty, you can deal with race. I'm married to a Cuban, very traditional, very Cuban group. I place in Miami. When I'm there, I mean, that's, that's a very, very, very typical, a very different outlook that you're going to get a lot of places, okay? And these are very strong people, too, in terms of what they believe. But you will find, I find Anywhere I am, okay, it seems that people are kind of, they, you can't really have decorum. You talk about facts, people will, uh, will kind of attack the person personally if they have views that they disagree. I, I hate to be generalizing here, but I've never in my life seen something so definite to the point that really I, I personally try to stay away from having discussions with people if I don't think it can be a wide open good discussion. And I have a lot of good friends in that I've seen I've known shows for many, many years where you can have discussion, but until we can get to quorum, when people can are able to sit down and talk, you can see in political things, immediately race comes out, religion comes out, all these things come out rather than what what's the person really offering. What do they think? It seems to be more than I've ever seen anyway, more of attack the messenger, kind of put your message out. And this is kind of negative because I'm a very positive type of fellow and I'm very happy actually. I'm simply saying you have to really beware of where you are. And I think there's another thing. I think people are being trained to attack the messenger if they disagree. Meaning if you have an ideological view and you're with people that encourage that view. I do believe, I've seen this more in young people, they're actually being encouraged to confront. And I believe in confronting, but I believe in confronting in a rational, in a good good decorum was the word you used. And I do believe, Tony, I believe that decorum is gone. I'm actually more worried about young people even. That may surprise you. We always hear about the hothead older person. I think a lot of young people are being conditioned to think certain ways and if you disagree with them, they're apt to come out and make a, make a statement. And that's fine in some ways. But I think in order to confront a person, you're, you're not going to confront them by saying you're this, you're that, that's an evil thought, that's a bad thought. I think 
think you have to really be able to come out and say there are better ways to say things and be able to talk to people. And I don't think people are being trained and conditioned these days to have open open decorum. And all you have to do really is just turn on TV for a while. Go to the, I don't think the local news, I think more local news tends to deal with local issues. I think it gets more when we get into more national news or maybe somewhat more at stake. But I, I, I somehow feel that local people are pretty much dealing with local. The further you get away from where you are, the more the the national issues, call them what you will, come into play, and then more where the biases, ideology, the training people to think certain ways, because we really want people to be thinking and analyzing. And anybody who's 100% anything probably is 100% non-thinker. You have to really be open, like you said, in terms of your in terms of politics. People really need to vote for who is the person who they feel is going to be the best for them, best for the country, best all the way around. Not just as you know, not just voting based on a capital D or a capital R. I think that becomes critical, and I think that this time it's a it's a unfortunate time, and I'm not sure when I look out there if there's anybody who really can really pull people together, or even wants to pull people together. Yeah, so, so, so Dr. Rocchio, from uh, a professional viewpoint, how do we deal with people like that? Well, here's my view. I, you know, I, I kind of um, argue on certain points, okay? I argue on religious areas. I will say, you know, give on to Caesar what is Caesar. So if the state wants something that I might disapprove of, that's fine. But if I look at something spiritual, as an example, you know, you can look at something different ways. My view is if it's a law, we have to deal with it. And when, but people as a whole have to have respect for that the, the there's an even-handed justice, which I don't think most people believe right now either, at least at the federal level. I think, though, if you, what, what we have to do, we have to be able to confront wrong, confront, like I, if someone really were to confront me, fortunately, I'm not running into a lot of people like that, but if somebody were to make a very strong statement, like you're in this or that because you think that way, I would respond back. I would make a, I would, I would respond back. I think a lot of people are either intimidated or they just, they're kind of, kind of risk aversive to disagreement or they'll keep it to themselves or, or do it in their home. I believe, I'll give you another belief. I believe right now, you don't really know exactly what your neighbors are thinking. Okay. Now you may know your neighbors very well, but I mean, in general, people tend to keep things more to themselves these days. And I don't think they trust people. And I think at work, in fact, I hear this in my office, they will keep things separated. That, that's just what we don't need. Back on your point, how do you get people to do this? There has to be a willingness and openness. You don't have to risk your job, get canceled out. You don't have to be worrying about all these things. There just needs to be good discussion. You know, you know, just a little song, a little music, a little pasta, I mean, enchiladas, whatever, whatever you just want to have. And just be happy and enjoy yourself. At right? this point, I think that particularly after the 16th election, maybe after this one, families got separated, groups got separated, and I think that separation is still there in many ways. And what we really need to do is find that way to be open to discussion. discussion. I know you are, Tony. Remember, I we because you and I worked together for years, and I've always found you to be as wrong as you might be. <laughs> I've always found you to be an open person. 
federal. I don't. I just don't see much in. You look at what's going on there in Virginia. I mean, some of the stuff nonsense has gone on the last few days. You know that that's uh, that's a big deal down there. That's that's where it needs to be. Just on issues, not on you're a racist, you're a supremacist, you you're a bad person. Your parents ought to be doing this, not doing this. We need to just have some open. And it was some good discussion down, and then all of a sudden things kind of took a the detour as the election was getting near. So we just, again, we, we have to have discussions. We have to have them, and we have to have them without attacking and having negativity because you'll find, and you know this yourself, anyone who's listening is going to know that when you ask someone something, you're not always sure what you're going to get or if you or you know already what someone thinks, so there's no need to really ask them. So we need to get back where people are open and you can even change someone's mind. Like, you know, that was a good point you just made. And be having a good discussion. Just um, just a lot of times we don't have a lot of that right now. And I think there's a lot of, I think a lot, I'll give you another one. I think there's a lot of self-hatred in the country. You know, people, we know people have flaws. And we look at the flaws, we deal with the flaws, we look at where we are, and we look where we're going. And I think when we get predisposed to negativity, it tends to carry over in all areas. And so we just need to have, you know, with a song in my heart, you know, look for the golden lining. You know, these are these are the things that um, we need, Tony, and we really don't have a we really don't have enough of it right now. How do we do it? We all have to be willing to change. We all have to be open. And we have to, you know, kind of get out of our castles where we think our views are the only ones. Because, you know, to me, there are two great traditions. You know, we, you know, you can get, you can even take Thomas Paine and Edmund Burke, not to get boring. Thomas Paine was the eternal liberal, okay, to call it the modern world. You know, and, and, and Burke was the, the, you know, the classic, you know, things must change, it must change slowly. When those two are fighting, you know, two Irishmen, by the way, in that case. But you have two people that can have, not that they, that they were contemporaries, but they, were, they weren't necessarily together or anything, obviously. But they, they, their views have kind of carried over to now, but everything's kind of merged. A liberal wouldn't know what a liberal was from 50 years ago, nor would a conservative right now. So we just need to be getting together. We need to be working as a team. And we need to be accepting of others. In fact, the first thing you mentioned to me, Tony, about in terms of kind of civil discourse, you know, this type of thing, that's, that is what's lacking. And I do believe we can get back, but I'm not sure the young people coming along are being coached in civility. I think they're being coached in confrontation too often, and that's really not what we need, in my opinion. Already, I can tell you another thing. People listening now could say, well, golly, he's taking a position. I'm really not trying to take a position. I'm simply saying open discourse. You know, we need to be open to other people's views. Realize there's not one way. There could even be two or three right ways to do something. And what might be a right way in 2021 might be not the right way in 2025 or 23. Things vary with times and circumstances. We're talking with Dr. John Braccio from Regional Psychological Services. Your story uh, about the Irishman as we go to break reminded me of a story I read about Ronald Reagan and Tip O'Neill, who was the Democrat uh, from Massachusetts, who was um, 
who was very on the opposite side of Ronald Reagan, and I would hear when they had challenges, they that Tip O'Neill would show up with a couple of cigars and a bottle of scotch at the White House, and you could hear screaming and hollering and profanity and name-calling, and a few hours later, those guys would come out of the room smoking cigars, having found common ground. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that when we come back from break. This is the Michigan Business Network. This is Media Business. I'm Tony Conley, and we'll be right back. like to travel for fun and excitement craving a relaxing getaway no matter where you want to go or what you want to do you can trust dean trailways to get you there our luxury motor coach lets you relax while you travel no traffic to worry about no parking fees no hassle are you looking for some sizzling excitement this fall let dean trailways bring on the heat and take you to fire keepers michigan's newest gaming hotspot experience the thrills of the slots blackjack craps the live poker room and indulge in the world-class restaurants all while counting on dean to bring you home safely dean trailways of michigan travel smart Welcome back to the Michigan Business Network. This is Media Business. I'm Tony Conley. We're talking with Dr. John Braccio from Regional Psychological Services in Michigan. And Dr. Braccio, I want to talk to you a little bit more about the media and how maybe the media could bring people together. I, I, I think that's what I've always tried to do. If we're presenting ideas and presenting all sides of every story so people can make up their own minds uh, without opinion, I think that that could uh, create a, a, a lot of peace and harmony. But first, got to get past this, uh, this point where a lot of journalists think that uh, they're bigger than thou, their opinion matters, and the audience is, is second. And how do we get folks to to stop lying, to stop worrying so much about themselves and, and, and to, to, to really present the facts. Well, I think the problem here, Tony, is that a lot of major networks, it seems that those that run them don't even care if they make some money or they want to only end up having certain, you know, call them groups of people, okay, or demographics, maybe a better way to put it, that are, that are watching. And I think that they, what has to happen is People that are in leadership positions that make the primary decisions, they really have to be willing to simply ask for diversity of thought, okay? Like, and I don't want to mention networks, but we all know that if you go to, I guess also CNN, but just go to the the website and go to Fox, okay? You're going to get very, very different news on the same data. We won't even put MSNBC in there or Newsmax. Mm-hmm. I'm not even making that bad. I'm simply saying that it would be better in my mind if you had a source, a place where you could go and you could listen. Nothing wrong with the opinion people. I'm not talking about those are separate, but you have to be able to separate straight news from opinion. And I think right now, there's not enough of that until we really can just get straight news. Okay, and I think there are a few people that do that. Okay, I think Brett Bear does a pretty good job on that. But just when you're dealing with straight news and not getting away from opinion, but I, 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 you get the slant. Like, yeah, well, you, you know, Dr. Braccio, it's easy to find 
quality news. And how you can do that is you go to the source that presents the opposing point of view in an educated manner. And if they're presenting both sides, all sides of a story, that lets you know that that entity really cares, uh, you know, about you making up your own mind. Let me give you the facts. Well, Tony, I'll tell you a thing you have to do, though. I don't think you're going to get that. I mean, that sounds like a negative negative view. I just don't think you're going to get that in today's world. What, what, the, what the individual needs to do is be disciplined themselves. Mm -hmm. They really have to go to more than one source. They have to hear the news from different positions. And I think that becomes very critical. I think most people don't do that. I think more and more in this bifurcated world we're in, people end up seeking out views that are similar to their own. And as a result, people are separated. And the separation is really growing in a way. The internet, oddly, which has more information than anybody could use in a million lifetimes, it, 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 but you can you can call it to the point that you only listen to what you want to, and that's where I believe that where people have ended up losing faith in the news. They listen to the news. It doesn't matter what their political view is or their ideological view, and they say this doesn't fit the world that I'm in. Like an old song by Lion Eyes, you know, your Lion Eyes. I mean, the, the point is, you hear things that just aren't true, and you know it's not true. And, and so as a result, you start looking for others. And the problem is, if you don't watch out, you will then find someone who may have a closer view. But before you know it, you're all of a sudden beginning to believe everything that you're listening and you're, you're, you're out of tune. I do see that. I just talk to people. That's what I do for a living. That's what I do in life. And I hear people that end up with very, very strong views not open to another set of views. And the problem is, people are so set in their views that it's almost like a civil war without guns, okay? But it, 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 it just is lethal in many ways, where you have this big separation. So people, I think on their own, they're going to have to determine where they're going to get news, because if you and I say we'll go to NPR, half the people would say, not true. If you say go to the New York Times, they laugh, okay? If you said to go to Washington Post, they half would laugh. I don't mean all. Mm -hmm. and, but you would have Detroit News, the Free Press, the Journal. You're going to run into the same Wall Street Journal. You'd have another half that would disagree with obviously quite different views of all the, the, ones, that, the, of the ones that I mentioned. The Spanish Euro, by the way, is quite much more traditional, what you'd call conservative in terms of their right, what they write in terms of theirs as a group. The journal would be obviously more of what you would consider conservative. And then the other ones I mentioned all would fit more into what you would call, I don't know what you want to call it, but it would be, the others would be much closer in view. So what do people do? They go to the podcast they like. They go to get gathering information here and there. So I, I, I've come to the conclusion in the bifurcated world we're in now, that's not going to be changing for any of the foreseeable future. Unless someone rises up and is able to catch the attention of everyone. Um, historically, that is not necessarily been good because that tends to be well, that, that, the, the, the great person, if you will. We really don't need that. We kind of have an oligarchy already in Washington. Um, so, what, I, what, what each person really has to do is gather information, get it from all sides, and then come to their own conclusions. And that is hard 
in a society where it's so easy to fall under the sway, even if you're not thinking you are of a particular ideological orientation. So Tony, I'm optimistic. You know, I'm the optimistic guy. I think I think America is in a country that, that renews itself. It's always on the verge. Kind of like Martin Luther King said, you know, when he said the Constitution is really it's a promissory note. So somehow America is able, in spite of all the things we do here, the crazy things we even do, somehow it rolls forward and I think we will over time take control of this thing, but at this point, I think we're in a very fractured, almost I would call it a, a civil war of thought that it's going to, um, you know, take a while to move beyond this, Tony, so I hope I'm not sounding negative, because I do believe that things like, like Ronald Reagan, I believe there is that shining city on the hill, I think we're going to get there, and Tip O'Neill, by the way, the idea of Tip O'Neill and Reagan really is what is really lacking now. You could dislike either of them or like both of them, but you're right. When they got together, they were really able to negotiate in a way that uh, was really quite quite unique. Two tough old guys, you know, that could get together and work things out and come to conclusions that, uh, at least at the time, they felt was what was right for America. We've been talking with Dr. John Braccio from Regional Psychological Services in Michigan. Dr. Braccio, thanks so much. I uh, appreciate you uh, greatly. Listen, glad to be here, and I just present the views. That's all we try to do in the world we're in, Tony. You're listening to the Michigan Business Network. This is Tony Connolly and Media Business.